Our scripture reading for today is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 to 14. Hear now the reading of God's word. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join with me in prayer before we begin. Heavenly Father, <coughs> we just thank you so much for being our God. We thank you for allowing us to gather here in this place or in our homes with our families to be able to worship you. Lord, I know many of us may have had a tiring uh, week, a stressful week, a week filled with anxiety and pain and hurt. Others may have had blessed weeks, uh, weeks of joy and and happiness and laughter. Whatever week we may have had, I pray, O oh Lord, that we come here today to be rejuvenated uh, by you, to be able to hear your word uh, and grow in you, in our knowledge of you, in our relationship with you. Lord Father, I pray that you'll use me to speak your words of truth to your people here today. We thank you. In your son Christ's name we pray. Amen. <coughs> you know, um, darkness is scary. Darkness is scary. It's scary as a baby. Darkness is scary as a child, but it's still also scary as an adult. Wouldn't you agree? You may say that you're no longer afraid of the dark. That's kid stuff. Only children are afraid of the dark. I'm older now. I'm stronger now. I'm not scared of the dark, but I bet you darkness can be scary for you. You know, last year during the pandemic, we were all uh, stuck in our homes, right? We're, uh, at the beginning, everyone was quarantined in their homes, but slowly, uh, things got to open up a little bit, and you were able to start exercising outdoors again. And during that time, uh, my wife restarted going on runs. Right? And uh, she loved running before, but after being cooped up, she's like, I need to go. And, you know, she started running like 5K, 10K. Now she goes and she disappears, and she runs 15Ks, and she comes home. I was like, okay. For you. But because my wife uh, took up running, that means I, as a husband, had to take up jogging slash walking at a faster pace than normal. Right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't like running. So I would just, my arms, my wife would say, my arms move a lot, but the rest of my body, the body doesn't. She enjoyed it and she ran every day. Right? And after the first wave kind of dissipated, uh, before the big second wave, and um, when we're allowed to kind of travel throughout the states, opened up, my family and I, we decided to go on a road trip down south. I think that happened sometime at the end of last August, early September. And before we went, my wife told me, even on vacation, we're exercising. I was like, oh, man, I'm on break, right? So our first destination was Virginia Beach. And at Virginia Beach, we got a hotel right on the beachfront, right on the boardwalk. And it was so nice. And my wife said, okay, we'll take turns. 
I'll run tomorrow morning, you'll run the next day. She got up at 5 a.m., she went out, she ran, and she came back, and she told me, oh, it was so amazing, right? The sea air, the ocean smells, it was so beautiful, and I got to see the sun rise, and when the sun rose, like, everything turned pink, right? The sky, oh, it was so beautiful, you have to run tomorrow. I was like, oh, man, yeah, I don't want to, right? But I learned, happy wife, happy life. So I was like, all right, I'm going to man up, I'm going to run, and we drove to our next destination to, um, where, did, where did I go? Hilton Head, South Carolina. Hilton Head, South Carolina. And it was, uh, when I was looking this place up, they said, like, Hilton Head is the resort of the East Coast, right? If the West Coast has, like, Hawaii and, and San Diego, the East Coast has Hilton Head, South Carolina. So I was really excited. I went down there, and I looked at, uh, we stayed at another beachfront place, but I realized where we were at, we didn't have, a boardwalk. Our hotel opened up straight to the sands at the beach. So I was like, oh, well, like you got to run on a boardwalk. I got to run on sand at 5 a.m.? That's not, that's not too fair. But I'm a trooper. I woke up at 5 a.m. I put on my gear. My kids and my wife were sleeping. I walked down. I got outside of the hotel, and it was pitch black. Like, I've never seen darkness like that in my life. I was like, Oh, this is not a good. <laughs> this is not a good morning. I walked to the beach and it's like squishy, right? It's like oh, this doesn't feel too good, and I started jogging slash walking at a faster pace than normal. I was like, okay, I can't do this. I'm gonna have to turn on my phone light to see what's in in front of me. I kid you not, I ha- you know the light isn't that strong, so it just shows a few feet. I jumped like every two minutes, like I would run and I would see something on the ground. I, I would jump. And it turns out to be, like, somebody left their sunglasses on the beach. And I'll tell you, a lot of people left their sunglasses on the beach that day. I was jumping a lot. And sometimes I would run, and there would be a horseshoe crab on the ground. If you've ever seen a horseshoe crab, they look disgusting in the water, right? With this belly up on the sand, it's even gross, more gross. And I kept running. I was like, when is this going to be over? When is the sun come? I want to see the pretty pink sky, too. All of a sudden, I hear something behind me something running towards me. It's like this rushing, charging at me. And I turned around and some, some, something ran past me. And I, I'm kind of embarrassed to share, but I fell on the ground and I, I screamed. And I didn't scream like a, uh, like a, ugh. It was like a, uh, if a kid sees a monster in the closet type of scream, right? Like high pitch. I can't do it now because I'm mic'd up, but high pitch. I felt, I, I felt like I had a heart attack. I was clutch, clutching myself. Like, what was that? And I looked, and it was, it was just another jogger running past me. And I was like, I got kind of mad. I was like, bro, say something. Like, that you're, you know, that you're coming up. Like, I almost died on the beach that day. I got back up. And I was like, man, this is not a good day. But the sun started coming out. There was no pink sky. It was actually very, very cloudy and foggy that day. So I didn't get to enjoy that either. But as the sun came out, light came too. And everything became exposed. More people started coming out to run on the beach. I could see everything and everybody could see me. That once the sun shone, it wasn't scary anymore. You see, when there's no light, 
the darkness is all-consuming. It's frightening. The little phone light that I had helped for a little bit, but it was the sun, this big, bright ball of light in the sky that made all the difference. It made me visible to others. It made others visible to me. Such is the purpose of light. It's to use to make things visible in the dark and to expose things. In our passage for today, we see that we, as the children of God, are said to be light. And as such, you are to stand brightly before God and expose the things in the darkness of this world. And hopefully by doing so, bring others to Christ. In our verses, we see a contrast between the darkness and the light. And it shows that those who belong in Christ, who is the light, not only have their lives illumined by him, but also are the means of introducing the light into the dark areas of human context. I'm going to read verse 7 and 8 again. And it says, Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Our passage starts off by telling us not to be partners with them. And it makes us wonder, who are the them that our passage is talking about? Who are the them that we are not to associate ourselves with? And if you look in the previous chapters of our verse for our, of our chapter for today, look at the previous verses of the chapter for today, it tells us who the them are. It tells us it's the sexually immoral, the impure, those who covet. It is the idolater, the sinners. We are not to have deep associations with sinners who will spur us on towards more sin. We are to walk in love as Christ has done. But if we stay close and are easily susceptible to negative influences in our life, then we need to steer clear from those types of people. You know, PJ gave a few sermons regarding friendships the past few months. Towards the end of last year, he shared about church friends and Christian friends, right? Church friends are just people you go to church with who have uh, similar interests as you. But Christian friends are friends who you can be vulnerable with, who you can share your deep, dark sins, your, your deep prayer requests that you might be shy about sharing with others. And you could pray with them and speak with them. Those are Christian friends. A few weeks ago, Pastor John shared from the book of Proverbs and how, he, how the book of Proverbs elevates friendship as the greatest treasure that we can have on earth. We need to be mindful of who we associate with and who influences us. Paul is telling the Ephesians, who are young Christians and who can be swayed, stay away from people who may move you into sin. You are not like them anymore. And he's telling us the same thing today. Do not be partners with them. Once we were darkness, but now you are light. Now, I like how he wrote that. Did you catch that? Notice Paul does not say you were in darkness and now you are in light. Paul says, you were actual darkness, but now you are actual light. Your life before Christ and your life after Christ is so drastically different. The difference between dark and light. That is a type of difference that our lives must show once we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts. Darkness and light 
are complete opposites. And this tells us that our life before Christ and our life after Christ should look completely opposite from one another. Whereas before Christ, you were darkness, you were sin, you associated with others who loved the dark. Now you are light, you are righteous, and you must associate with others who are light. Let's read the end of verse 8 again and go into verse 9. It reads, Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. We are to live and act as children of light. John Stott says this, So then, because they had become light in the Lord, they must walk as children of light, or like people who, who belong to the light. Their behavior must conform to their new identity. They must radiate the light they are. What will this mean in practice? It will mean a life shining with all that is good and right and true. Pastor Stott is saying that now that we are light, we need to shine brightly. We need to radiate. We need to bear the fruit of light, which is goodness. We need to be good to one another. We need to act and live as the light Jesus did and act and live as if we belong to him. Being light means that we shine brightly in this world. As we walk as the children of light, verse 10 tells us that we must try and discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try and discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If I ask you, what actions do you think is pleasing to God? And what actions do you think displease God? I think that we will all have a general idea of what God would like us to live as and what he wouldn't. What pleases God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, the fruits of the Spirit. We need to bear these fruits. Fruit of the light are found in these things. What actions displease God? Well, like I said, according to the previous verses, is sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry. Every day, every moment, before you say something, before you do something, we need to think, is what I'm going to say, is what I'm going to do now going to be pleasing unto my God? Will God look at what I do, hear what I say, and think well of me? The first thing that walking as children of light means then is to be able to stand proudly in front of God. Warren Wearsby writes, To walk as children of light means to live before the eyes of God, not hiding anything. Wearsby is saying that one aspect of walking as light is walking confidently before God as if there's no blemish upon you. That there's nothing that God could find it fault with in you. And as we exhibit more and more the fruits of the light, the goodness and the love that we must have, hopefully we are able to stand more boldly in front of our Lord. You know, we could easily hide ourselves from each other in this room. We could easily just show what we want to show to one another. Christians are very good actors. Right? We could give a different vibe here at church, a different attitude, a different personality, than what we show at home or in our workplace or in our school or in our group of friends. But we cannot hide before the eyes of God. 
we cannot hide before him. So walk and live so that God will be well pleased by your life. And now that we are light and we live a life that bears the fruit of life, that is well-pleasing to God, a life that allows us to stand boldly before the Lord, then now we must expose the dark in others. Verse 11 tells us this. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Don't be like the dark, but expose the things in the dark. Shine a light onto it so that it stops. Just as how the morning sun exposed everything on the beach so that it was laid bare, our light needs to shine so brightly into the darkness and expose all the things hidden there, the hidden sins there, to hope that there will be changes made. Verse 12 says, It's shameful to even speak about what is done in secret. You see, sin isn't something. We should tolerate. The sin, sin is something that we should allow to grow and fester around us. There are sins in this world that will make us sick to our stomach if we heard about. So horrid and so shameful. And because of that, we need to expose sin, get rid of sin in the various circles that God has placed us in. Verse 13 says that light makes things visible. Light makes things visible. If we turn on off all the lights in this room. Turn off all the lights and it's pitch black and I gave everybody in here 10 minutes to switch seats, to move around. And we kept the lights off. I would not know where you changed your seats to, right? I would not know where you have went. But once the lights are turned off, I would know exactly where you're sitting now. I would be able to see it. And that's what light does. It shines and makes things hidden in the dark visible. That's our new life now. We're not only to be light and live an upright life, a life without sin, but we're also to be light that exposes the sin and get rid, gets rid of it in all the spheres of our life. That means we get rid of the sin in ourselves. We get rid of the sin in our family. We get rid of the sin in our community in our church, in our work, in our school, in our workplace, everywhere that we are at. We're supposed to expose the sin and remove it. You know, one phrase that I really don't like that I hear a lot these days, a lot of young kids say, is this phrase, you do you. Now, you do you. If it doesn't hurt anyone, you do you. Effectively saying, if it doesn't hurt anyone, go ahead and do whatever you want. I was thinking to myself, what an awful thing to say. That's a horrible sentiment, I think. Right? As long as you don't hurt anyone, if you enjoy it, no matter what it is, do it. Now, that's the world that we live in. As long as it doesn't hurt me, go ahead. But that's not the Christian way of thinking. That's not the way we should be thinking. Even if it doesn't hurt anyone, if it hurts you, if it hurts your relationship with God, don't do it. That's the Christian stance. If it's hurting you and your relationship with God, don't do it. That's the foundation on which we have to stand. If it is sin and hurts you, I will call you out on it. 
We can't be too afraid to expose sin in others. The Bible tells us to. The Bible tells us to go and approach those who we love about their sin and talk to them and help them change. Matthew 18, 20, the famous verse of where two or more gather in my name, there I will be with them. I'm paraphrasing here. It's not just randomly saying, Jesus saying, hey, if a group of Christians gather together, I'm there. No, it's talking about sin. It's, uh, it's connected to a passage about sin, dealing with sin in the church. It says, go and talk to the sinner. If they don't change, ask an elder to come help you talk to the sinner. If they don't change, bring the issue up to the church. And if he doesn't change, then kick them out of the church. That's the basic means of dealing with sin within the church, the sinner within the church. We are to expose the sin, we're, we're supposed to do it in love, and because Jesus knows that it's hard to confront others regarding their sin, there is this encouragement at the end. When you do it, I am there with you. Don't worry about it. So God wants us to expose sin. We have to expose sin. Our light needs to shine in the darkness and expose sin that the sinner will sin no more. And when we expose the sin, the hope is not to embarrass anyone or criticize anyone. The hope is to win them over for God, to restore their relationship with God, to bring them back to God. Our last verse for today, verse 14 says this, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. John Stott once again says this. Paul seems to be describing a second stage in what light does. It actually transforms what it illumines into light. This may mean that Christians who lead a righteous life thereby restrain and reform evildoers, yes, and even convert them. Stott is saying that Paul's words here, which says anything that becomes visible is light, is speaking about a conversion process that we can help bring about in individuals when we shine our light upon them. When we shine our light upon sinners, when we are gracious unto them and loving and bearing the good fruits, then hopefully they see it and convert and come to Christ as well. they also can become light. Awaken those who are sleeping in sin. Arise those who are dead to sin, and Christ will also shine on you. Brothers and sisters, we are light. We're not just in the light. We are the light. And because we are children of light, live as such and shine brightly. Now, there was once a young girl that worked in a factory. And she got this job, and she didn't know too much about where she was going to work. And, but she started working there, and after a while, she started having a horrible, horrible time. She hated her job. Her bosses were very unethical in their business dealings, and her coworkers were very, very mean to her. She had to put up with a lot, and she was so stressed, and she hated it. And she wanted to quit so bad. But before that, she decided, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to talk to my pastor and see whatever advice that he has to give me. So she went to her church. She went to her pastor one day, and she asked. She said this, Pastor, I can't take it any longer. 
the factory that I work at is it's the, it's the worst. It's the worst place ever. I'm the only Christian there. I'm the only Christian working in that factory. I get nothing but taunts and jeers and sneers because of my faith. People make fun of me and they ostracize me because of my faith and because I'm different and I, I act a little different from them. They try to make me sin. They tempt me and push my buttons to see if I will cuss at them. They invite me out to drink the night, aw- uh, uh, the night away with them. And if I refuse, they make fun of me as they leave by themselves. It's just, it's just the worst. You know, I know the Bible tells me that I need to be different. I need to be set apart. But it's really hard when it seems everyone and everything around me thinks less of me because of my faith. I think I just want to quit. And the pastor, after listening to this young girl's plight for a moment, hearing her troubles and what she's going through and dealing with, he carefully asked her this question. Can you tell me where are lights placed? Where are lights placed? What? This girl thought. What does that have to do with anything? She asked, but what? She asked the pastor, what does that have to do with anything? Pastor, this is a real problem. I don't need your random questions. I don't need your philosophy. I'm having a tough time here. But the pastor didn't let off the hook. He said, just humor me. Where are lights placed? The girl, after thinking about it for a little bit, said, I don't know. In, in dark places, I guess. The pastor said, yes, you're exactly right. Lights are placed not in bright places, but in dark places. Who knows, perhaps you have been put in that factory where there's such spiritual darkness and where there's no other Christians so that you may shine for the Lord. As this short story story tells us, you need to shine your light wherever you are. You need to be the light in the darkness wherever you are. The thing is, The darkness that we're placed in may be different from each other. For some of us, our darkness may be in our workplace, like the girl in this story, with people in the secular world who may look down on you for being a Christian. For others of us, our darkness may be in our group of friends, friends that we grew up with, but we changed, we became a Christian, but they stayed the same and they act the same and it's hard to get away from their influences because you want to be a good friend and for some of us sadly our darkness may be in our own families with the sin in our family with the strained and broken relationships that need to be mended and sin washed away but wherever the darkness you may be placed in shine and shine brightly and bear your fruits of the light and into the darkness you are sent. Shine and expose and change people by your righteous living. Jeremy Treat, a pastor in Los Angeles area, wrote in his book, Seek First, we are sent into the world, called to be light amid the darkness. Wherever you are, be present. Let your light shine. And seek the peace of the city that God has called you to in this season of your life. And Pastor Treat was writing about being a light where you live, 
wherever you live, be a light there. But it holds true to what I am saying about being a light in whatever darkness that you are placed in, home, school, work, wherever. Shine, and if you ever feel that your light is burning out, attach back to the light source to be rejuvenated. Stay close to Jesus. Have a right relationship with him. Have a right relationship with God as the father and you and I as the children. Now, this relationship between us and God was restored when Jesus' light was extinguished just for a little bit when he hung on the cross and died. But when he was resurrected, his light shined even brighter. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection restored our relationship with God so that we can be called children of light. You know, on Sundays, uh, I bring my, I bring my uh, laptop to church and I set it up. And during worship, before worship, I try to interact with our live audience back at home on YouTube. I greet people uh, on the comment sections. You know, I say, hey, welcome to our live stream worship. Please greet each other. And in the beginning, when we first started, people would say hi to each other. Now they don't as much. Uh, but they do tell us when things are going wrong. Uh, so f- you guys didn't know, but the sound went out during praise uh, just <laughs> for whatever reason, for the light. And there's about like five, six people saying, hey, the sound's gone, sound's gone, sound's gone. I was like, we're working on it. And then when Pastor John uh, gives a sermon, I would usually um, put up his sermon points or put up like kind of the morsels that he drops. Like I could tell when Pastor John like resets things, right? Like, let me say that again. And he says, okay, I got to write that down. And comment so that people could go back and read it and, like, be blessed by it once again. And these are, like, kind of the gems of the sermon. And when I bring my laptop, I always bring my power adapter. And we all probably do. We all probably take our power adapter when we take our laptops anywhere. And that's because we know that if we are on our laptops doing whatever we are doing, after a few hours the battery drains, and we have to plug it in to an outlet. We need to plug it back in to an electricity source so that it recharges. An unplugged laptop can last a few hours. It could last a day, whatever. But eventually, it'll run dry. But a plugged-in laptop essentially could last forever. To be in a light in this world can be extremely draining. Each week, as you go to work or live this life during the week, you could just feel mentally, physically, and spiritually drained. So we need to make sure that we are plugged into our spiritual energy source as often as possible. We need to remain plugged into God. How do we do that? We read the scriptures. We pray meaningful prayers. We lay bare our needs and wants and our desires and our sins to God. We listen and we sit under good teaching And that helps us to grow our light and shine in the world. We want to be light. I want you to be light. But I don't want, I want you to be a big, bright light. I don't want you to be the light on my cell phone flashlight that could be easily snuffed out by the dark or covered up with my hand. No, I want you to be as bright as the sun, the sun that came out, that nothing could be hidden and everything was exposed. That's the type of light in this world we need to be. 
I want your relationship with God to be so deep, so strong that you are um, on fire, that you are set ablaze, that you are shining so brightly that no matter what amount of darkness that covers around you, that surrounds where you are, no matter what kind of sins pervades around you, you cannot be covered and your life for God can always break and shine through. You are light, so live as such. Live as light and lay bare yourself to God. Bear the good fruits for God and live to please the Lord. Live as light, live as light and expose evil. Break through the dark places that you may be placed in, wherever it may be, and shine so brightly that you make an impact and changes there. Live as light and perhaps even being so good, shining so brightly that others will see that and react and be brought to God and make them light as well. My brothers and sisters, Jesus shined his light onto us with his goodness. He exposed us to our sins, and so we repented, and he helped us change our ways so that we could be saved. As children of light, shine your light onto others with your goodness. Expose their sins to them so that they repent and help them change their ways so they can be saved. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you once again for just being who you are. You are our light, and you've exposed within us our darkness and our sin. You've touched us, and we've come before you. We repented, and we were saved. Lord, now we are light as well. We are not just in the light. We are actual light, and help us to remember that. And go forth to wherever you have placed us, Lord, and shine brightly there to expose sin, to bring people to repentance, and hopefully bring people back to you. Lord, may this Sunday worship have rejuvenated my brothers and sisters here for another week that they face in this world. May we stay plugged into you and grow our light. We thank you. In your sinner's name we pray. Amen.